and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again this week, I'm joined by Alex Moreland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics who love to tell us what's hot and what's not. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines. In the deep dive this week, Alex is talking about You and Me, the new drama coming to ITVX. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. Stephen has been watching years and years a drama from Russell T Davies that came out a couple of years ago. Also this week, and lucky us, we're joined by NationalWorld.com sports reporter Susanna Seeley, who is going to chat to us about the new season of Drive to Survive, which will be with us very soon on Netflix, I believe. But first, what has everybody been watching this week? Hi, Alex and Stephen. Alex, you're up first again this week. Oh, God, it's always so exciting when the, I get to go first. The pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been watching Hello Tomorrow, which is a... A, a drama more than a comedy. They've been sort of marketing it as a comedy, but it's it's, it's a drama. Okay. Um, it's about a guy who's selling holidays on the moon, and I'm enjoying that. I think hmm. Billy Billy Crudup's in it, and Nicholas Padani. I think I'm saying that right, but yeah, they're very good that together. So enjoying okay. that. Would would recommend. Where's that on? Um, it's on Apple TV. Okay. Um, I'm ahead of everyone. So I think it gets good. Don't in, we know it, Alex? Don't we know uh, it? Oh, as ever, as ever. <laughs> but um, I think it gets good in a couple of weeks. So okay. I wouldn't okay. rush to it necessarily, but I yes. would okay. would recommend good. it. Good insight there. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I'm also still on the sort of Luther Sherlock watch. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot in there, isn't there? Of yeah. Sherlock last night, so I'll be on to series three of Luther soon. Mm. Uh, still enjoying them both. With Sherlock, I think this go around I'm really sort of appreciating Martin Freeman more like really kind of mm. seeing how good he is I think in a way I hadn't before mm. um, I guess watching something back to back maybe gives you that insight more so than watching it in a sort of linear fashion yeah yeah I think I'm enjoying the it's more of a study I guess yeah mm. um, and Luther I'm still enjoying the second series onwards it changes the format it's less okay episodic more sort of like short run stories okay. um i think it's maybe losing something a little bit there um because i liked how episodic it was the first time around but you know still good it's getting yep. quite sort of over the top in a fun way how many series uh, were there in total of luther five and it's but, done um, but then this film is coming out is that right yeah, or film out soon yeah but if the, is the tv series films. finished oh we don't know okay i think so yeah okay okay but, but possibly more yeah, films. we'll see okay. you shall see hmm okay cool anything else no, that's that's it for that's me. That's you for this week. Cool. Yeah. Stephen, what about you? Yeah, well, just for continuity for the viewers that watch the actual video, I've got a new <laughs> TV in the background this time around. Ooh. Um, and it's a smart TV. So I, I, I um, <laughs> used the uh, cast functions. I've been watching a lot more Netflix because I can cast oh, it straight onto the nice. telly, which is nice. And I watched um, National Treasure, but not the rubbish disney plus series the 2016 i think robbie coltrane four-part limited series where robbie coltrane plays this um sort of has well i guess has been he's still popular but he used to be a comedian back in the day that was really big and part of a double act and then these Mm. allegations come out against him from like several women from his past (gasps) and yeah i was trying to remember yeah 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 yeah, and you're sort of watching the show and obviously at first it's like well clearly you know these 
allegations have come totally out of left field and this guy seems quite nice mm. and he he keeps talking mm. about how like uh you know i i respect women and i want the jimmy savills of the world to be caught and i'm not one of them and then as the show sort of goes on you start to think well maybe he's more yeah involved in it than you think and it's a really really mm. good um like tight drama series and julie walters mm. plays his wife and she's mm-hmm. great in it and the the actor who plays the guy who he was in a double act with, I think, played Darling in Blackadder. Tim McKinney. There we go. I knew you'd know. Um, you and yeah. he's also very good. I mean, obviously, because you don't really know him for the dramatic roles, he's pretty pretty good in this as well. Um, and you yeah, could bank that for a Back the to the Future, like, Stephen. Sorry, you could have banked you could have banked that for a Back to the Future in a few weeks' time. That. Just get too that. excited about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you've got like these background characters with like Lee Mack playing himself and Alan Carr playing himself briefly in it. Yeah. It sort of mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more real, I guess. But yeah, it was a it was a really good uh, sort of interesting show sort of similar to criminal in some ways that i spoke about last week mm. it's quite mm-hmm. stripped back and it's just the whole question of guilt and is the sort of yep. gray area where you could be mm-hmm. more or less guilty um yeah would definitely recommend that's on netflix at the minute cool cool oh and congratulations on your new television that's wonderful news yeah. um hours and hours of viewing to be done and expenses what <laughs> okay moving along um i watched i've been watching a few things that i haven't spoken about recently including Grey's anatomy new series on disney plus love a bit Grey's anatomy and um just get us back to be honest and i do like the new cohort of um they're the, not interns what do you call them like the young surgeons that come in Inter- no, I think, they're not interns. I think they call them interns. On, Do they call them interns? Right. Um, anyway, um, so the last couple of times we've had new cohorts of interns, I didn't warm to them and it kind of ruined it a little bit. Whereas these guys, they've got it right this time. They think there's a lot of um, opportunities with them and storylines and things and their characters. So that's cool. I'm enjoying that. Um, and better that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, Alex, uh, or was maybe last week? I've been watching that. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sh- yeah. The first episode to the second series. So, yeah, not fully sure of it yet. And then The Gold, which I am enjoying very much. And w- I watched The Mass Singer final at the weekend. Oh, my God. Can I just say I was right? No spoiler alerts, but I was right. Just want to yeah. put that pin down there about it. About um, Rhino. About Rhino. I was right. I was right all along. Um, But apparently the viewing figures for that have dropped off. And it was much less than last year and the year before for the final. So will it return? Who knows? Uh, I hope so, because my kids love it. The final thing I wanted to mention was I watched over the weekend is Netflix film called The Swimmers, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, It's based on a true story about Sarah and Yusra Mardini, who were Syrian refugees, are Syrian refugees, and escaped the country back in, I said, 20... I want to say 15 um, and eventually make their way to Germany. But we see their sort of horrifying, horrifying efforts to escape Syria and the war that's going on there. And it's really moving. We don't see enough of this stuff considering 
how much talk there is about it and the fact that so many people are going through this. And I just thought it was quite shocking and eye opening and I would recommend anybody to watch it. It's quite an uplifting story, which maybe at the end you kind of think, well, this is kind of like a positive story, even though it starts very in a very difficult way and in a very difficult life. I'm sure there is so many people, there are so many people out there whose story is nothing like this, despite they go through such major uh, trauma. And you, that's the only thing you're like, well, this is really unusual because these two swimmers are, well, one of them in particular is a really good swimmer and she ends up going to the Olympics. It's always her aim to go to the Olympics. She ends up going to the Olympics. And, you know, there's it's a sort of, there's a beginning, middle and end to the story. Whereas I think with a lot of people um, who maybe go through something similar, it doesn't have the same sort of fairy tale ending in inverted commas. But there's more to it than that. But I won't go into all the details, but I would really, really recommend it. It's really great. Great film. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've been watching this week. Right. Moving along. Alex, you're going to talk to us about new ITV drama, You and Me. Yes, I am. Have you seen Little Women? Uh, there's a point film. to this, but yeah, the I've film. I've seen the recent well, not- film. That is exactly the one I mean, yeah. Mm. I, I was going to say, I think Stephen will have seen this. So that film, it has that sort of now and then structure. It's got, it's kind of unfolding along two timelines, which it cuts back and forth between. Okay. This is similar. So I thought that'd be a good way to explain it. Possibly mm. not. It's structured along these two timelines, then and now. And between then and now, there has been a tragedy, which it sort of... I think makes very obvious from the trailer and from the opening bit, but I will, I won't, I won't share. Okay. There is a tragedy of some description and it is a sort of a romantic drama, which asks between this two tragedy, what is the recovery like? And can people sort of pick up the pieces of their life? Can they love again? Mm-hmm. Which maybe gives you a hint as what tragedy may have been, but yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and it is not very good, um, which is a shame. I've been looking forward to it for a while because um, Harry Lauty, the sort of the main actor in it, he was very good in industry, mm-hmm. uh, which is that banking drama we spoke about yeah. whenever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very good in this. It's a very good performance. But it feels like it's probably what will be the biggest disparity between quality of performance and quality of the show Mm. across the rest of the year that's a shame yeah i I was at a q a for it the other day and they were sort of talking about you know this is a a romantic drama with the structure of a thriller Mm. and you can sort of tell that they're thinking that while they're writing it because all of these beats are sort of structured as cliffhangers and reveals Mm. and like you know who who will die? What I mean, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> who, who will have something unexpected happen to them? That was a genuine accident. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, it is it is just shockingly and, and quite transparently just emotionally manipulative. Okay. Um, which, which I know is maybe a little bit of a facile thing to say because it's all, you know, it's all made up, it's all constructed. But with this, you I can... Know really see the strings they were like trying too hard yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and you can sort of see okay this is clearly what's going to happen and Mm. when when you introduce this it is obviously going to be resolved as as a faint in this kind of way 
and and it just feels like it's getting in its own way a lot yeah anything that kind of could have been real or true or insightful because there are occasional flashes of that i think Mm. but it's because of the way it is contorting itself Mm. it changes the meaning of all of that i feel like you need to have you need, really need to like invest in the characters. You really need to believe in them and think, love them before you can let them get away with. Yeah, but of. I think even sort of despite that, because there's it, the the characters are sort of broadly easy to connect with, or or at least mm. the main one is um, Harry Lauty's character, and there is a sort of a likable esque yeah. element to it. But it's just yeah, it, it does get in its own way because of the way it's trying to sort of. Reshape, reshape itself yeah. so it feels yeah emotionally manipulative but not even successfully so because after a while it starts changing the changing its own meaning okay and sort of these okay. successive layers of tragedy start to feel comical almost and it's like okay all right it's, it's just not working okay. uh, which is a shame because yeah harry lauty is very good in it Okay, so any redeeming features then? <laughs> um, pri- primarily the the performance. His performance. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you're a fan, I guess you might tune in. So it's yeah. ITV ITVX, and it's coming. Today. All There's episodes a, from Thursday. All episodes is it? from from Thursday. Three episodes. There's a background character in it that um, he was distracting me because I was like, I, I recognise you from somewhere. Oh right. Um, <laughs> And you and were doing that thing where you you hold off because you're it's going to come to me it's going to come to me and you don't look them up for ages and eventually yeah. you end up looking but, them well, up. It was yeah. it was his end and his his name in the credits and I was I was like oh I interviewed him a few years ago and he said he liked my shoes so there's <laughs> oh, a there's a redeeming no wonder digit. you were distracted I know so there's just a fun fact for anyone who wanted to know friend of the podcast there you yeah. go <laughs> yeah. cool thanks for that Alex right Stephen over to you for back to the future this week we are talking about years and years which actually we when we were chatting about what we were going to cover in the podcast this week Stephen mentioned this last week and I said oh, I wasn't aware of it because I was living in Ireland when it first came out I think and um, I was like yeah I must check this out love Russell T Davies and um, the, after the first episode I was slightly traumatised Stephen mm. I was having an existential crisis and I thought why did he suggest this? This is terrible. <laughs> but actually, I've watched the second episode now and I've kind of settled into it a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> not quite so scared of life again. It's it's a horrible show. So it's it's years and years. <laughs> um, there's six episodes and they're all on Disney Plus now. It came out mm-hmm. in 2019 originally. And yet it was written by Russell T Davies, who's obviously best known for being the showrunner of Doctor Who from 2006 to 2010. 2005. Right, but, <laughs> and 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 now again, and now again, Alex. Yep. Yeah, let's just check check the Alexopedia there. Well, <laughs> Alex is definitely the resident Doctor Who. Yeah, I've yes, been keeping that very subtle, very subtle. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's and there's if you've seen which Alex will have the episode <laughs> of Doctor Who from season four. Three. <laughs> and left the episode yeah, is four. called. Um, there's a lot of similarities between that episode and this series. Um, But it's basically set between 2019 and 2034. And each episode sort of starts with a little montage and that flashes forward through about four or five years of time. Mm. Um, And each episode shows very realistic and possible world events that cause everything to shift a bit more 
to the right and a bit more everything goes a little bit more wrong each episode so the first episode mm. there's like a sort of merge and this is the interesting thing so it was written in 2019 and the first episode starts with like a ukrainian refugee crisis mm-hmm. and you think oh well that's quite inc- incisive or mm-hmm. prescient and then mm-hmm. it makes everything else that little bit more believable as well so when like the banking system collapses and you know the, this fairly well-to-do family start to lose everything that they've collected it it gets a bit existential but it follows this Mm -hmm. sort of quite large family living in manchester who every so often sort of meet up for a big family gathering and in the the start of the first episode they're just this typical happy quite well-off middle-class family and Mm -hmm. over the next 15 years sort of world events just throw them into kind of turmoil um and it, it follows as well the rise of right-wing populism as a result of all these events and mm-hmm. this new political force, Vivian Rook, played really well by Emma Thompson. Oh, a brilliant. She's such a good turn in that. Unbelievable. It's so realistic because I sort of thought, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to really ham-fist it and in the first episode she's going to come in and like swear no. on national television and then get voted in and she's going to be president of the world by episode three. But it's a really slow sort of and realistic movement as she gains a little bit in the first election and then a little bit more and then sort of events transpire to help her gain more and more power. Mm -hmm. And the way you go from sort of general uncertainty of the first episode to sort of dystopian hellscape of episodes five and six is Mm. the slowness of it makes it so much more believable. So I had to sort of watch it quite slowly with a few breaks because it's not the kind of thing you would really want to binge. It's It's, heavy, yeah. It's so existentially (laughs) terrifying in some ways. And it's not just the big storylines in it, it's the little things that are happening. Some throwaway lines as well. Yeah. That are just, yeah. So like, they don't come to mind specifically, but some little things that are just thrown away, you're like, oh, right, that's happened now, is it? And... It's the, the the character, the daughter, who is in the first um, episode, she sits down with the family and she says, I'm trans. And they're like, yeah. darling, that's fine, blah, blah. And she doesn't mean transsexual. She means transhuman. transhuman so she wants, yeah. to, she wants to sort of download herself into a computer and live as a machine rather than a human. And it, it's not actually exactly happening at the time, but it's sort of being envisaged that that will be a thing that you can do. Mm. So and then in the second episode, she's had a phone implanted in her. Essentially, yeah. her hand is a phone. So I can see that where this is kind of headed as well. But that's not even. It's just kind of a little storyline yeah, like in the background, sort of you know. Subplot. But yeah, the sort but of rise sort of, of me- technology is a big, big yeah. theme. In and it. it's men- menacing, kind of. Um, and then this sort of how the parents are reacting and how they expect other people to react to these little things. And, yeah. Yeah, and there's it's quite clever in that the the grown-ups in the family are all sort of quite different characters and they bring sort of a different perspective, each of them. But again, you can kind of see how they are changing thanks to this sort of populism and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's fascinating. It's very, very real, mm. which is slightly disturbing because, yeah, there's... I mean, he didn't even envisage a pandemic, so we went through yeah. the sort of existential crisis in real life that makes 
this probably all the more relatable um, than when it first came out. Yeah. So if anyone watched it back then, you could probably watch it again now and feel the fear even more. Yeah. And it's 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 uncomfortable, but it's very good. Very, it's very, very good. good. It's one of the best limited yeah. series I've ever watched, I think. It's got a great yeah. cast as well. So yeah. there's a, a lot of people in it that you'll recognise from other Russell T Davies things. So Bethany, the woman who's um, transhuman, uh, is yeah. played by Lydia West, who was in... It's um, a Sin. It's a Sin. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Anne Reed, who plays Muriel, the sort of family matriarch, has matriarch, a small yeah. role in the Doctor Who episode where they're... Mm-hmm. There's a Jadoon platoon up on the moon. Um, Rory Kinnear's in there as well. He plays Stephen and Russell Trovey. Tovey. Sorry. Sorry? Tovey. Russell Tovey, um, who is in sort of Being Human and also has roles in Doctor Who as well, plays mm-hmm. um, Daniel. Okay. And Russell Tovey plays Daniel as well. So, okay. yeah, really, really, really strong cast. Very, very good. I'm looking forward to kind of um, eking that out over the next few weeks because it is heavy, Mm. but I am enjoying it. I am enjoying it. So thanks. That's a really, really great recommendation this week. Thank you so much, Stephen. And also kind of slightly different to what you've been doing recently. So thank you very much for that. So moving along to something completely different. And we are delighted this week that we have Susanna Seeley here to chat fast cars and pieces to camera. Of course, it's Drive to Survive. Uh, Netflix... Series five or six, five, is it? Yeah, and I think six is on the way. Yes. Are you a Formula One fan, Susanna? Yeah, I've always been uh, into mm. Formula One. I think a lot of people came into Formula One because of Drive to Survive. But mm. um, I would like to point out that I'm a diehard fan. So I was there before oh, the craze. Okay. Well, we've got good authority yeah. here to do so. <laughs> I would say that I would always sort of like be aware of Formula One in that you kind of know what's going on roughly. I would never sit down and watch a whole race. Oh my God, I could not do that. Um, Highlights, yes, no problem. So actually, Drive to Survive, somebody suggested this to us last year or the year before and um, we've managed two or three series of it and I actually really enjoy it. it. I think it's a real, a really good documentary in the sense that it's like an entertainment documentary. Is that a thing? Yeah. Like the way it's shot they do it in such a way that like they sort of thematic the episodes so that, you know, it's not all. And then there was this race and then that happened and then there was this race and that happened. And it's more the other folks on people or teams or challenges or something. And it just kind of keeps the viewer engaged. And the other thing is they've been real access as well. Yeah. They have like access to everyone. So tell us. Yeah. Let's go back to the back to the start. Tell us about the premise of the thing, Susanna. Yeah, so um, it's a sort of Netflix docu-series, which are now, they're becoming all the rage. Um, we've got a golf one and a tennis one now. Um, okay. And I still think I've been able to watch um, all three of them. I still think that the Formula One Drive to Survive is better than the other two. Um, mm. I think just naturally Formula One, um, you might all disagree with me. Um, it's a lot more sort of dramatic sport. Um, well, it's sexier, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot yeah, sexier. There's a lot money, sexier. speed. Um, and but yeah, there's a lot of more dramatic than golf. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing to notice, obviously, they're all high-performing athletes and they all say um, the stakes could never be higher. And like, fair enough, in your own sport, they can't. But in Formula One, like 
it's literally a matter of life and death sometimes when you get in that car, which yes. I think in quite a morbid way makes the series really good because the mm. um, series starts looking at Gunther Steiner, who runs the Haas, Haas franchise. Mm. And for any fans who've watched Drive to Survive before know that Gunther Steiner has become a sort of icon. Um, he's, yeah, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, and he just sort of makes you love Haas and just cry every time something goes wrong for them. Yeah, in fact, we're pleased to know badly. that um, mm-hmm. the series starts in much the same way that we've known Haas have difficulties oh. <laughs> before. <laughs> really, um, yeah. they sort of improve, but yeah, there's still that going on. And yeah, as you said, Kelly, we've got the sort of thematic element. So it's rather rather than going through all, I think it was 23 races last year. You get sort mm. of you look at a team or a particular driver and sort of mm-hmm. their experience over um, a number of races. Which is really good, but it does mean, and Formula One were criticised a bit for this, or Sky Sports coverage, of the number of times they show certain crashes. Okay. Um, and so one crash that comes up quite a lot was Joe Guanyu's crash at the British Grand Prix, which mm. amazingly he came away without a scratch. But mm. I don't know if anyone remembered when Romain Grosjean had his sort of horror a lot of drivers sort of criticised how much that was being shown and okay. replayed because it was just awful to watch. Um, and I don't know whether Drive Survive might have a similar thing with mm. this because the way, obviously, of the structure of the show, it means that they keep coming back to it. Mm. And so they keep showing this crash. And, I mean, he ends yeah. up sort of upside down well into the wall. So it's not, mm. I mean... He does come away completely fine, but like it's not mm. the most pleasant thing to watch. The thing is with it, I suppose, I, and I wonder if this is a criticism of it in general, but because there's quite a heavy editorial hand in it. Yeah. So they kind of structure. So say, for example, there's been episodes of and please excuse my ignorance, but I can't remember which drivers in particular, but they'll focus on a driver and they'll sort of show you their background growing up. And they'll almost build, it's almost like an X Factor pre-role, yeah. you know, where it's like, and he they didn't have any money and the dad had to work really hard to pay for his little racing car or whatever, you know. And then next thing it's like, you you know, they build the sympathy for this particular person and then they mightn't do so well and they get thrown off a team or whatever. And the, it is quite, it's not straight up and down it, I don't think it's I'm not necessarily very balanced reporting if you know what I mean yeah Max Verstappen who mm. is now a two-time world champion he actually missed last season's drive to survive because of all these editorial decisions he so decided, he decided to yeah he out? thought he was going to opt out um and there was in the last season there was one storyline between Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo that was heavily edited to make it look like they were sort of arch enemies. And See, in reality, mm. they're sort of just constantly making each other laugh. Like it just mm. wasn't. And anyway, so Max Verstappen decided that he wasn't going to be part of it anymore because of that. He's actually now back in it. Um, it seems like they've had a sort of lot of healthy conversations to find out mm. how to make it work for both of them. Mm. And so I think Drive to Survive have had to be quite careful about how they edit it. Mm. Um, because everyone is now fully aware that they do edit storylines quite heavily to the point yeah. where they actually cut certain commentary or what you hear in sort of like the radio during a race. They actually edit it to make it seem yeah. like it's in a different race um, to okay. add to this sort of drama. 
um, okay. which, I mean, obviously it's great for TV ratings, but I don't think it's good for, you know, getting people into Formula One. But Yeah, it's probably why people like me watch it, because they have made an entertainment show out of it on top of the actual entertainment of the sport, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. Because they're not showing reruns of races. Do you know what I mean? They're showing like the human, in inverted commas, human side of it and yeah. the drama in the background. Um, but I think it is that thing as well, that there is an element of like selling sunset about it because it's like the amount of money that is involved in this event, these events and the sport and the stuff that goes on, on in the periphery is just like, you know, aspirational you know and everybody yeah. is like wow imagine being part of that lifestyle sort of thing you Definitely. know so okay so anyway you would recommend the new series you've seen some of it I have you seen all of it or some um, of it or i've seen all but i think two episodes now ah, um, dedication good oh, on you Susanna. I, I tried i tried um <laughs> and yeah i mean this one um for fans who have watched all the series um I think they'll find the sort of last couple of episodes quite poignant because um, we don't really know yet, but it could be Daniel Ricciardo's sort of last, the last time he's seen in the show as a driver. Okay. Okay. Um, and he's quite a big character in Drive to Survive. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think they've done it quite nicely as a sort of thank you to him as well, which is quite good. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he comes across really well in it, I think. But... Um, yeah, interesting, interesting insight, definitely. And um, it's one of those things we'll watch a couple episodes and then we won't watch it for three months and then we watch a couple episodes like when we're really short on something to watch. <laughs> um, but no, it's very enjoyable and it's like easy watching. You know, you don't have to. It's not yeah, years definitely. and years by any means. <laughs> yeah, no existential crises. No, not really. <laughs> OK, cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Suzanne. It was great to have you on. And thanks to the listeners for joining us this week. Do look out for our Friday morning Screen Babble a Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. You can also sign up for our wonderful weekly TV newsletter by going to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletters. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back again next week with more Screen Babble. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.